This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Good evening, dummies. It is Red Friday. Matthew Spear from Don't Unfriend Me, thank you so much for being here tonight. Welcome. It's almost Labor Day weekend, so have a wonderful holiday. Be safe. You can drink. Just drink responsibly. Or don't. Just don't drive. But either way, that's your public service announcement for today. Episode 216. It's going fast. Wonderful to have you here. We will cut right to the chase. I've got a bunch of people live watching tonight. It's fantastic to have you here at Don't Unfriend Me. I love my dummies. Thank you for being here. I'll tell you what dummies are in a second. Tonight, with malice in my heart. I kill my brother. It's a line from a movie, Remember the Titans, with Denzel Washington. It's fantastic. And as I recollect my time at Gettysburg a few weeks back, that quote comes up more than ever in my mind. And we treat each other so poorly, whether it's on social media or behind each other's backs. But the things that we say in the shadows of our home, we would never say in the light of day in front of each other. Some of us would. But most of us don't. What is it that makes us feel that we have a right to speak to each other this way? We're going to dive into it tonight. We're going to get a little philosophical, if we could say it, philosophical. Existentialism will be running amok, and we will dive into our personal feelings. All I ask is that you don't go into a safe space. Stay, listen, maybe try to have a few opinions or say something down below. But remember, we can agree, we can disagree, you can love me, you can hate me, but just don't unfriend me. Folks, I'll be right back after these messages. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest, always direct. So sit back, relax. Don't Unfriend Me starts right now. Once again, thank you, dummies, for showing up tonight. It's Friday. I know you could be doing something else. Then the fact that you're here with me means a great deal. You already know my name. Let me go ahead and show you my game. These are my social media tags. It's at Don't Unfriend Me Show everywhere but Twitter. Twitter is different, of course. They can go ahead and allow the Taliban and terrorists to have a Twitter site, but not our president, and I guess not me. It is The Dumb Show over on Twitter. I think I have three followers. I really don't care if you find it, but the rest I do. Please like, share, and subscribe. You can do that right down here where my cup is, and I'll get that out of the way. Realize that that's giant. You can go over to YouTube. You can go over to Rumble. You can go over to Anchor and also Facebook as well as Instagram. Give me a like, follow, share, and subscribe on all of those sites, please. I would appreciate it. It helps. Even if you follow me on only one, it helps get my algorithms in line, and I grow. On YouTube, I'm growing, and Instagram, I'm really excited. A lot of people have been stopping by. Please do the same. If that doesn't work for you and you hate social media, which there are a lot of us, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com. 
you click that, DonutFriendMe.com, you can see all of my catalog, my videos, my podcast, also my blog if you would like. Remember, folks, this show, I ask you to have an open mind. If you don't agree, that's fine. Leave some comments down below. Join the discussion. And now let's begin with malice in my heart. I want to set a clear and reasonable expectation. You don't own me or how I think. Every single person is different. We were not raised the same way. We grew up with different cultures and nuance. We learned from different people, and most importantly, there is no connection that you and I share that allows either of us to control what one another thinks. I have been doing this little experiment for over a year now, and I have come to two very troubling conclusions. Number one, both sides are never going to be respectful, agree to be open to other ideas other than their own. Even more difficult to understand is the fact that the other side almost expects this from their opposing side of the aisle. But when one of their people disagree, and it's one of their own, they're even more vicious and quickly cast out that person. I think this is due to not only do they disagree vehemently, but it is coupled with a delusional sense of betrayal. Number two, the media and current political system wants this exactly this way. In business, you may see rival companies and they constantly scramble for market share. They gain a zip code here, they lose a customer there. Reel in a certain age demographic, lose another because you are out of touch. It is a constant struggle in the marketing world to stay relevant. Take market share from your rival at the lowest cost possible is the goal. This is usually the norm. Back in the 1980s and the 1990s, there were several big box chains that competed. Best Buy, Circuit City, Sears, Ultimate Electronics, Waxman's, Tweeter, Sun, and so on. During that time, if a company garnered 1% to 2% of the overall market share, they would celebrate as a huge win. But with competition comes the one thing larger companies can't control. The more you sell the more the price and margins come down. Products become cheaper. And when they become cheaper to make, unless the industry continues to reinvent itself, there comes a pivotal point that productivity extends past ingenuity. Just look at Gateway, Hewlett Packard, NEC, Compaq, all unable to innovate and continue their revenue stream. This starts the process of the big fish eating the small fish. That is unless someone comes in and creates disruption or chaos. Example, MySpace and Facebook. IBM having Apple steal their concept and just making it better. These are examples of the norm being tossed on its ear. So why do I bring up Business 101 and Retail Economics? Because we are the two opposing forces that will never gain ground over the other. These two forces are called action and reaction, forces and are subject to Newton's third law of motion. Formally stated, Newton's third law is, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. The statement means that in every interaction, there is a pair of forces acting on the two interacting objects. These forces do not change if position X trades places with position Y. In any argument or opposing viewpoints, 
This philosophy also maintains the same dynamics and law. A viewpoint is neither right or wrong. Most views are based on personal experience and preference. A level of ignorance or bias is completely natural and purposeful in its design in forming the view itself. However, it is when we shut down the process of challenge or growth where we fall short. These two diametrically opposed forces and the theory of limiting business based on size, need, and benefit are the reason for the show's premise tonight. Stay with me. First, let's talk about the two opposing forces. When two forces are facing each other with equal force and mass, potential, or kinetic energy, they will never gain space or grow larger. They will either deteriorate from the constant friction and pressure and whittle away into dust, gaining nothing but losing their ultimate potential, or they will remain stagnant and in the same place forever. This is a direct relation to the two main parties in the United States, hence why our forefathers were adamantly against representative democracy. This was no accident. The framers of the new constitution desperately wanted to avoid the divisions that had ripped England apart in the bloody civil wars of the 17th century. Many of them saw parties or factions, as they called them, as corrupt relics of the monarchical British system that they wanted to discard in favor of a truly democratic republic government. But Thomas Jefferson, who was serving a diplomatic post in France during the Constitutional Convention, believed it was a mistake not to provide for different political parties in the new government. Upon his return, and with Jefferson as Secretary of State and Hamilton as Treasury Secretary, two competing visions for America developed into the nation's first two political parties. Supporters of Hamilton's vision of a strong central government, many of whom were northern businessmen, bankers, and merchants, who leaned toward England when it came to foreign affairs, would become known as Federalists. Jefferson, on the other hand, favored limited federal government and keeping power in state and local hands, the Tenth Amendment. His supporters tended to be small farmers, artisans, and southern planters who traded with the French and were sympathetic to France. After the War of 1812, the two-party systems revived itself and the rise of Andrew Jackson's Democratic Party by the 1830s and firmly solidified in the 1850s after the founding of the Republican Party. Though the party's identities and regional identifications would shift greatly over time, the two-party system we know today had fallen into place by 1860, even as the nation stood poised on the brink of the very civil war that the Washington and the other founding fathers had desperately wanted to avoid. This is no really the tr this is kind of the true dilemma we face today. Two diametrically opposed viewpoints whittled down from several prospective parties but ultimately swallowed by the bigger fish. And now we have stagnation or the untimely demise of the collective whole as we grind away to dust. The second concept is that we continue to limit the confines of our parties by narrowing our field of vision, our breadth of all encompassing viewpoints. Understand that in order for two things to be opposite, they need to largely be the same thing but just deviate within particular attributes considered to be of great importance. So, Democrats and Republicans have far more in common than, say, Democrats and professional athletes, or Republicans and birds, or Democrats and rainbows. Well, 
maybe not the last one. So the question on some level is just stating what was always the case. On another level, increasingly because of the way our partisan political landscape has defined itself by opposites, this really is making Democrats and Republicans more similar to each other in some ways. But what's really important to understand is this. You shouldn't be thinking about politics based on parties or pathetically inadequate spatial metaphors, left, right, center. You should be thinking about them in terms of problems and solutions. Do you think that healthcare is run as well as it should be in our country? If not, why not? What are the problems? What are making them worse? What solutions are proposed? Which of those solutions seem realistic to implement? Or do you feel that life is important to protect at all costs? If not, why not? When does life begin? Why is religion not a part of the conversation? What solutions are proposed? Which of those solutions seem realistic to implement? Now understand one of those parties keeps trying to fix health care. And one of those parties keeps attacking the other party's ideas while not seriously coming up with their own. And the other party keeps talking about a solitary right than a symbolic right to life. I'm refraining from saying which party is which because that's not my point, And I think you know. But it's crucial to understand that tactically it can make sense for one party to not actually offer solutions to problems because solutions are hard and attacking other people offering solutions is easier. And when I say that the two parties in some ways are becoming more alike than like each other, what I'm talking about is a tactical focus, thinking about how to win rather than how to govern. This isn't something novel to the current era, but the current era has seen mass media split the country into teams. And this is encouraging politicians or both parties to play to their team rather than fix the problem. Now, this translates into everything. Coke versus Pepsi. One is American. One is a timeless classic. Xbox versus Sony. One has better platforms and exclusive games. One has a wider scope of players and a better online experience. Apple versus Windows. One sucks and the other one doesn't. I'm kidding. But you understand the point. And now we can translate this conundrum to us as a people. We have withered away into becoming proponents and megaphones for the political ideology in this country. We no longer discuss what our differences are. We assume that our differences define us and will intimately be the most consequential topic in our lives. But do we truly understand how binary that is and how it creates a more static reality for us as a human race, as Americans, as citizens? We have to begin a conversation that centers around something other than what differentiates us. We have to start looking for commonalities because the adage holds true, shit begets shit. And if you go looking for it, you will truly find it. If we start the dialogue again and refrain from one sentence answers or responses that are 250 characters or less, we leave less to be open for interpretation and more importantly, negative intent. Over the last few weeks, the site has grown into something I can no longer control. I wanted this to be a place for discussion, not links to someone else's ideas, not tit-for-tat trading of barbs and ad hominem attacks. I know I can get caught up in the fray often. I am a human and a sinner just like you, but my intent is never to injure or harm, although I do. 
I have no problem standing to fight. I will defend my beliefs and our right to be free with my very life. But to be honest, do I really care about every single part of the platform of the Republican Party? The answer is no. I could care less about some. And I know the same holds true for you. We are not defined and limited to only talking about the limitations of each other, but the all-encompassing vastness of what we could do together. I know this is lofty. I know this is naive. I understand that people will scoff and attack, and I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people who care more about their neighbor than a talking point. The people who tell themselves when the lights go off that they admit that they disagree with some of their party's platforms. I'm talking to the disenfranchised. We can disagree on abortion. We can sweat out our lives and dedicate to riddling the world of guns. We can argue on tax and spend politics, but what we don't get to do is pretend that any of this is working anymore. That we don't feel like taking a cold shower after turning our phones off at night, because I know I do, and I can't get clean. So do you, and maybe that's where we start. Now, this isn't my Jerry Maguire moment, and I'm not calling this a mission statement, and no, you don't have to show me the money yet. This is simply an observation from an aging man who is losing the will to continue the same senseless grinding with little to no impact other than to my own structure. It starts with one. One will lead to a few and a few to many, but only if we recognize that the definition of insanity is actually extreme foolishness or irrationality. People often attribute the quote to Einstein, which isn't so, that says insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's not true. It wasn't Einstein. It was actually a writer. Her name was Rita Mae Brown, who placed it in her original book, amply titled Sudden Death. The death of America, the death of America is not here. We have slowly but vigorously been pulverizing each other into dust for the last 75 years. We no longer trust our government. We despise the actions of our leaders. Yet for some reason, we emulate their actions personified. We better wake up and realize that a force down the middle will direct our energy towards the government and media who has taken our market share and divided amongst the lowest common denominators of our parties. Separated and segregated free thought and honest dialogue to conjecture and derision. We need a push to navigate a different course and direct our ire towards the real enemy, not each other, not our brothers, sisters, friends, and fellow Americans, but to those that want and keep us divided for their power, their own agendas, and most importantly, the few points of market share they trade away on the backs of American sensibilities, patriotism, and loyalty. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching Don't Unfriend Me. Damn, that one was good. That felt good. And I have a renowned sense on life. Thank you for watching tonight. Remember, I always go out like I start, which is 
The Veteran Crisis Hotline. Hotline 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. It is way too many. Traumatic brain injury, stress, anxiety, PTS are all real. Veterans face it more than anyone else. Please reach out to a vet. It starts with a conversation. If you can't talk to vets, vets can talk to vets. I will be more than happy to pick up the phone, and a lot of my listeners will too. Please do me a favor and reach out. If that doesn't work, you can go to don'tunfriendme.com, click on the VCL link, you'll be connected to a Skype operator immediately, and you'll be able to get the help you need. Last but not least, it is confidential, 100%, and civilians, you can call too. They don't exclude. If you have a problem, pick up the phone and they will help you. Call the Veteran Crisis Hotline if you need help. Folks, that is it. Don't leave. I will show you the ending of the show and my credits will roll. And then after that, I will come back and add all the questions that are on the show tonight. I'm excited to hear what you think. Remember, we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. But what you can't do is not give me a like, follow, and share. And don't unfriend me. Thank you so much. I will see you Monday. Yeah, I'll be back Monday. Bye.